0: You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 18 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, and the only podcast of its kind in the entire world. Sponsored by SickBiz.com, a nonprofit organization providing hope, hacks, help, and resources to our very special community of entrepreneurs. I'm Hillary Jastrom, and we are getting ready to talk money. Lisa Chastain has been called the Millennial Money Coach, and for a very good reason, she knows her green stuff. She's been featured on NBC.com, MSN, Fundera, The Street, Blog Talk Radio, and other major media. And is the recent author of the book, Girl, Get Your Shit Together, Control Your Money, Live Purposefully, Love Your Life, Adulting Your Way. She is also now a nominee for Las Vegas' Top 100 Women of the Year. And her star is absolutely shining. Please welcome my brilliant friend, Lisa Chastain. Lisa, yay, you're here on The sixth. Ms. Buzz, I'm so excited to have you. We need you. here. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God we need you. We have talked about so much for helping our chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, but we have yet to touch on the subject of money. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's interesting. That's sad. (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We haven't, I know, I know that should have been, you know, I didn't even think about it. It should have been one of the first things that we talked about because this particular community is saddled, they're Mm -hmm. challenged and they have some different challenges than your typical entrepreneur who uh, just has boundless energy and all kinds of, you know, creativity going on. Like they, they have some real adaptations they need to live
1: with. Yes, they do. So why do you, why do you think money has been, shall I say, avoided? Oh no, (laughs) she's turning, she's turning the tables.
0: (laughs) You know what? Um, I don't feel like a money expert. Do you know Mm -hmm. what? I, I feel like. A work expert. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: I feel like I can close people and deliver products and I can advise people on how to do that. But as far as money is concerned, like my house isn't clean. So that's probably why. Oh, Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. that's really, that's honest. First of all, Mm -hmm. that's just honest, right? My house isn't clean. So who am I?
0: To want to talk about this right, right, okay, cool, right, and uh, you know, I don't come from money either, I mm-hmm. come from poverty we I mean we were so broke, we had to um kind of like borrow we can't really return it though electricity from our neighbors, we had to mm-hmm. run a cord out to the garage and then like pay them under the table. We had no refrigerator at one point and had to keep our food in the snow. We went probably a year and a half without a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, you know, we lived in some really sketchy uh, neighborhoods. I had to drag an old lady's shopping cart under, I was like under this cover, you know, trying to hide from my friends, trying to be cool and hide from my friends, going to the laundromat. Wow. So I don't, <laughs> I don't right. have... I don't have the background to do it, but you do. You've you're here to help us. You know what's interesting about that, Hillary, is that
1: there aren't many people who do have a background with money in that way, that have experience with money as a child, and so we'll, we'll go ahead.
0: Oh no, no, you go ahead. I'm just saying. You're, I'm in total agreement with you.
1: Yeah, and so we think that somehow. Because we weren't raised knowing anything about money. And of course, you you helped me on my book. So you know this, but the audience may not. Is that just because you don't have experience with money, no no one does. No one does. I think it's one of the biggest lies that we walk around thinking that other people know more about money than we do. And
0: And, go ahead. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. That's very true. And, And yeah, social media probably contributes to that because we look at people putting their lives out there and we make assumptions sure we do Mm -hmm. sure we do and who's
1: to say the person driving the bmw has anything more in their checking account than the person
0: that's driving the, the the toyota camry and in fact it's probably the opposite I would, I would hope the person driving the Camry would actually have more because they would be saving money. Like I get so excited when I pay my cars off. I'm like, yes, this piece of shit is mine. (laughs) (laughs) I own this. Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. And so, um, what I love about my book and what I, and what the feedback that I'm getting is that people are reading going, Oh, okay. Okay. It's okay. First of all, to have been raised poor. So I rate, I was raised in a very blue collar family and money was never spoken about. And money was always the reason that we could or could not do something for your listeners. That might sound familiar. Uh, people probably understand your story. And there are also people who are raised with parents who have money and there's still issues. There's still fighting a lot, of, a lot of families raised with money. There's a lot of fighting going on over money and, and property and those types of things. So how we're raised with money uh, really does affect us deeply. But what I want, you know of course, you and, and your listeners to hear today is that you can become savvy with money, and that doesn't mean you have to be a financial expert, but you can take what you have and use it as best you can and that's that's what I'm on a mission to do is to help destigmatize money and take the fear out of talking about money because when we start talking about it and opening up that conversation i believe that we be, we can begin to have a healthier relationship with money
0: i think we do too and um let's uh, let's plug the shit out of your book right now okay so <laughs> your book is called Girl, Get Your Shit Together, Control Your Money, Live Purposefully, Love Your Life, Adulting Your Way. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing because you do a deep dive into our emotional connections with money. You really can't talk about money and advise people about money. And I think you do more than advise people without talking about that emotional component. Of I agree. money, why, mm-hmm. why do people have? Why is there an emotional hangup with money?
1: Uh, well, I, I think it's for one of the reasons is what you opened up with is that you we have these deep emotional childhood memories and c- connections or disconnections that we carry with us that become limiting beliefs that impact our behavior. So our our beliefs impact and affect our behaviors. And so that's, that's pretty much across the board in our lives with relationships, with, uh, with careers, with, um, with, uh, relationship with our bodies and our health, but also with money. And so how, what, whatever we believe about ourselves and what we believe to be true will, will dictate how we behave. And so if, for example, we have a conversation that says, uh, Inner conversation, and you know, I do some exercises for for anybody in the book who's reading the book to check in and say, "Well, what are my internal conversations?" Uh, for example, a lot of women have conversations of self worth. They believe that they're not worth wealth, mm-hmm. or they're not worth love, and so unfortunately, what you resist persists. And if you really don't believe that you're worth a million dollars, you'll never have it.
0: Yeah, you have to start believing that as, and it can, it's, it feels outlandish Mm -hmm. initially, you know, and there, I think there's a stigma attached to the words, a million dollars. Sure. You know, like it's this unattainable golden calf that we're all reaching for nobody's ever going to get it but only a a very few special people who must have done something right you know to live that way or be blessed that way and it holds a lot of people back because it's this huge we don't talk about that we don't Mm -hmm. talk about that invisible block to those words a million dollars no it it does it does It, it seems unattainable
1: how in the heck, I can't keep $100 in my bank account, how in the heck could I get a million dollars?
0: So let's talk about keeping $100 in our bank account. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about where we begin. And I really want to address this from the perspective of being a chronically ill or disabled entrepreneur, and this extends to people who may potentially be going through short-term treatments, um, in any way where they're working for themselves and they are struggling with some sort of affliction, they likely have medical bills. Mm-hmm. They likely have energy concerns. They, so their days look different. They're kind of—I don't want to say burdens, but that's what they are. Their financial burdens look a little different. What can be done to manage those things?
1: Well, it's a—it's a—it's a complicated conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think speaking into entrepreneurship, because that's the one thing I believe your listeners have in common potentially, mm-hmm. would you say that's the case?
0: Oh, for sure. And they okay. all have some sort of, well, that's true. Not everybody listening, you know, is struggling with, um, a, a medical diagnosis. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Well, when it comes to entrepreneurship, especially entrepreneurs that have been in business fewer than five years income is going to be unsteady. If you're working for yourself, that's a given. Um, and so that, that's, that's the first, that's the first place to look when I, when I look with any, anybody and and in particular, anybody that has a challenge with debt or medical debt or health health concerns is you have to understand this, the income stream, like how is money coming in? Even if it's not consistent, and we have to set up systems and patterns in your life that will help stabilize things. So the control your money part of my book is how can we set systems in place and, and checks and balances to help you weather the ups and downs of inconsistent income? So that's really the first thing as entrepreneurs. We can't stick our head in the sand and then be in denial about that because it's true. Some months will make more money than others, and how we have to ha- understand how to best utilize that money when we have it. Um, <clears throat> the second thing is that anybody in debt, and I, I've had some clients who do who do have medical debt as well, is that we have to stop chasing the debt. Because okay. Especially for those who are going to continue to accrue medical debt or medical bills. Uh, the, the, it, it feels like, this is the way I, I feel like it feels like there's, it's Pac-Man and you've got all these ghosts chasing you <laughs> and it's never going to end.
0: Right. That's what it feels like right? in real life. Yes. I know. <laughs> oh God. I I know. Babies in the house. What's <laughs> up?
1: <laughs> yeah, we've got millennials going, what is that? I know, right? (laughs) Is that a Netflix (laughs) thing? Sorry. (laughs) It is, though. It is. It it just feels like it'll it'll never end. You'll never be out of debt. And a lot of people, their first inclination when they do get money is to try to tackle the debt. So without understanding everybody's individual circumstance, what what I believe has to happen is that there has to be one a a plan for the income when it does come in so it doesn't go out as quickly. Mm -hmm. But then the second thing is that you have to stop the madness with the debt. And that means stop chasing the bills, put a hold on it and get a solid repayment plan in place. And also realize that bankruptcy is a strategy
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: it is not the end of the world if it gets to that point.
0: Now, um, and, and confession time, I have been through bankruptcy uh-huh years ago and sometimes that is your only option it is I, you know and it i feel like this is similar to being on welfare or receiving public assistance it, sure. it it shouldn't be a way of life for the majority of people who are able to work but if you need it in order to provide a stepping stone to help you get from one point to the other if you need it and there's no other choice, there is no shame. There's I no agree. shame in either of those things because, well, and and this is what holds us back. We are held back from asking people like you, experts, money experts, what am I doing wrong? Because we're mm. embarrassed. We're so embarrassed. And mm. we feel we feel different. We feel like nobody else has our debt. We feel ashamed because- Sure. You know, we've done a terrible job in our eyes of managing things. And so it's a really emotional confession. You're a money coach, mm-hmm. con- confessioner, confessionee. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and thank you for
1: bringing that uphill because I believe that's where true transformation starts. Where someone listening to this, whoever you are listening to this, you realize one, you're not alone, mm-hmm. and two, it's okay. It's okay, but the longer we run from it, the longer you run from it, the worse it'll get. You'll get sicker, you'll get more stressed. Um, and so the mindset is imperative. it's the number one thing you can do today is just learn to shift your mindset so that at least you don't feel like you're drowning in debt or you're drowning in these problems, but it is possible to overcome them.
0: So let's talk about a healthy money mantra. Let's say, let's build our persona because, you know, I'm in marketing, so I love to build personas and pretend. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's build a persona of a listener today, someone who is listening, who is struggling with their health and their business and who maybe when the mail comes, they just shove it aside. You know, Mm. I knew somebody once who took all their mail and they would put it in paper bags sure. and until it got to the point where they couldn't avoid it anymore. So this that type of person has a belief that I'm just going to run from it. It's going to go away. I'm too ashamed to deal with it. What is a good money mantra for that person? I think
1: that this is one of my favorite things to do and it's also one of my what I tell my clients is that with money in particular, I don't know why it's this way with money. Actually, I mean, I guess money, okay. Okay, so the, let me just back up for a minute. The reason I became a money coach and, be, and became a financial advisor in the first place is that I believe that money makes the world go round. It's not a materialistic conversation, but really, honestly, not a lot can be accomplished in anyone's life without money,
0: right? I, I agree. I absolutely agree with that, and there, there, but and there's shame behind that too. I know, and then you're, oh, I'm greedy, and there's ego, and all of those things. So
1: it becomes a negative conversation, but it, it's true. It's true. You can't walk a foot on this earth without money being involved, some way, shape, or form. Or you know, the, uh, and the Aborigines or you know, people in tribal worlds, there's still a barter system. There's still an exchange for goods. So when we get honest and real with that um, the, the, the reality is that it's going to be okay. You're, you know, if you're managing your health, that's the biggest concern. If, if your health isn't well Mm -hmm. and you aren't able to effectively manage your health, what's the worst case scenario? Let's just say it. You could die. Right. Right. Right.
0: Absolutely. That's the worst
1: case scenario. And -hmm. that's where people go like, oh my God, I could die. Yes, you could. And so let's, let's, let's get a handle on that. Second, with money, what's everyone's biggest fear? I'm going to be homeless.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to say living in a cardboard box. I'm going (laughs) to be homeless, right? Why do we go there? But why do we go there? It's crazy because you can be sitting in the coziest, comfiest home. You can be miles away from that reality, but we still go there. Why do we look at things in terms of like opposite ends of the spectrum?
1: Well, it's just, it's the worst case scenario. It's what we're all afraid of. And the majority of people, we haven't trained ourselves well enough to not live in fear. Fear, an evolution reason for fear is that fear keeps us safe. If we're out in the wild and we see a big lion running toward us, we're going to become afraid and we're going to choose fight or flight. Fear has an evolutionary reason for our brains to tell us, get the heck out. And so we have become so accustomed to living in survival and fear that that's the first place we go. And so fear for some people will propel us into action. So if we tell ourselves, oh my gosh, I'm going to be homeless. Okay, well, what's an alternative to homelessness? How can I get help? How can I run out of this situation to move as far away from homelessness as possible?
0: So we do not... that's
1: That's what I believe.
0: Okay, so we don't need to traumatize ourselves into action, though. There's an no. <laughs> easier way.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, asking the question why, it's because many of our thoughts, 66,000 thoughts out of the day, two-thirds of those are negative thoughts that are fear-based. And so going back to mantra, I know this is a long-winded answer, but with a mantra, what I, what I encourage all of you to do in a moment where you, where you catch yourself, And it's the end of the world or you're really stressed out or you have a lot of anxiety about your money and all these bills haven't been paid is to stop and ask yourself, do I have everything I need today?
0: Hmm. I love that. It pulls Mm -hmm. you back into present, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Do I have what I need right now?
1: Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, most of the
0: majority of the time, it'll be yes you're going to wake up in your house the next day, more than likely Mm -hmm. you're going to pour some coffee in your kitchen Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you're going to begin, I don't want to say the fight, but you're going to, you're going to jump into the ring again. That's what I see it as. It's like, I was trying to get back in the arena. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. we, We can make those decisions, you know, and It's really important to note, this is a mantra I used uh, for a long time, and it's an emotional mantra, is that I try not to make long-term decisions based on short-term emotions. Mm -hmm. It's never going to work out for you because you lack the perspective to say, well, this particular, it's going to be kind of like cause and effect. If you act out in a certain way because you're feeling very emotional, you can't get in touch with what is the most logical solution at that time because your perspective, your your view of what you need to do is absolutely eclipsed by yes. panic, anger, or whatever the case is. Yes. And yes, that's sa- correct. The same holds true with money. Then we have to stop planning from a panic state. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it, and then being surprised that when we do plan from a panic state, and this is what I think is kind of funny now, mm-hmm. not funny in like a let's do stand-up comedy, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's funny that we would think planning about our money when we're freaked out about it is going to give us a workable solution. Right.
1: Right it's it comes from a state of survival mm-hmm. and when we choose and make choices from survival
0: we will have more of the same so let me ask you you work with women a multitude of women in a, in a many different scenarios working scenarios some working for themselves some working for other people in uh, high level positions Where are you seeing people, when it comes to entrepreneurship, where are you seeing people lose money in their business?
1: Where are they losing money in their business? Great question. Um, I have to think of, I'm thinking about some examples. Where people are losing money in their business by basically pimping their business or buying things that they don't need uh, or spending money on things that they don't need out of perception that they have to have it.
0: And that that perception, does that have to do with what other people are doing? Like that competitive kind of sell they have looking around like, so-and-so has this, I need to buy swag or I need to look like this right it comes out of the perception that certain things are more
1: valuable than others so the swag is a good example a new computer another example dropping money on a really expensive website which nowadays is not necessary so it's a mis it's a misinformation or misunderstanding about what is really going to return on your investment and what is not and those are the, that's the distinction as i help clients understand what's going to return on their investment and what really doesn't matter, even though they think it does.
0: Okay. Let's say I'm in, I'm in Best Buy. Okay. I'm in the Mecca and, (laughs) and I'm being just, you know, it's alluring, it's tempting and I'm having a really hard time holding on to my money. Uh What can I do in that moment when I'm, fighting with myself, like I want to behave, but it's really hard. It is. It is. It's the case
1: of, I want, I want, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Who I want that. I've got money. Um, the, the, in the moment, in that moment, the best thing to do is ask yourself, how does this add value
0: to my life? Okay. What if my snarky self answers and said, Because I will look fly. So (laughs) Uh I will look fly. She's not buying this. She's like, I'm trying to, I know. You're just like steadily, steadily like, okay, sweetie, that's great. Uh But I'm not moving. (laughs) Well, it's a, it's a forward, you have to look at a forward
1: conversation. And so what I, what I teach my clients to do is look two or three months ahead with their income. And so we run cash flow scenarios where they can plug in a purchase and understand how it affects them three, four, five weeks down the road. And especially as an entrepreneur, and let's say you make a a big sale, a $5,000 sale, but you may not make another one of those for another few weeks. So that $5,000 has to stretch you. It has to move with you over the course of several weeks or months. So without really having an awareness of that, it's very hard to make purchases in the moment and understand how it's going to impact you. And that train wrecks people financially because if you're feeling good, again, that's an emotional conversation. Like, I feel good, I've got money in my bank account. Well, is that true? Is that really Mm. true? Is, Is this purchase going to prevent you from being able to pay rent in two months? Do you really know that?
0: That's a good question. Do I really have that money in my bank account? That's an excellent question
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because we can use that to move past the justification of. And there's lots of justifications, especially when, you know, and sometimes you feel sorry for yourself. I'm tired. I'm sick. I'm running a business. I want this thing. I work hard for it. Uh, sometimes I'll say things like I'm not a heroin addict. I don't gamble. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. like, <laughs> like, why it can't I worse. have this? Yeah, right. It could be exactly. Worse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. But it doesn't serve you. And this is in. And I know you're teaching your son this too. And this is what I tried to teach my kids. But it's very difficult to teach kids this concept. Do you really have that money? Because mm-hmm. that's not your money. If you still owe electricity or whatever the case is, if you still need to pay your subscription um, or pay your producer, that's not your money. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) That's his money. It's his money. Right. So maybe you want to call him up and ask him like, hey, Robert, instead of paying you, how about if I buy myself a gift? You're cool with that. I mean, it's almost like flipping the mindset, isn't it? It has to be. Mm -hmm. It it has to be. And it starts with prioritizing. What's
1: really important here? Is it the iPhone 8? Is that really important? important? iPhone 10, whatever iPhone we're up to? Mm -hmm. Is that a necessity over having a balanced, stable life? Because when I talk to clients, they want stability. They're tired of the roller coaster. They want to feel like they're in control of their finances. They don't come to me saying that they want to buy a brand new car. None of them have.
0: Yeah. They come to you for emotional reasons. They don't come to you because they don't have enough stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's all connected. It's all Mm -hmm. interconnected. And this is what, when people try to get a handle over their money without being honest, that it elicits emotions it doesn't work, does it? Is it kind of like being on a diet where they just think they're going to deprive themselves and they're supposed to miraculously enjoy their life while they're just eating salad? Absolutely.
1: That's the first thing that people think with money. I'll just cut back. I mm-hmm. don't need that stuff. I'll just cut back. Um, I'll just do this for a month or two and I'll be fine. So it's to d- they're disillusioned because this is a this is along with your health it's a it's a lifelong conversation that never goes away it never stops and the the longer we avoid our emotions that are attached to money the longer we're going to be in this hole and we're going to be in the cycle and it's so much easier to live in anger and fear and depression rather than just stop suppressing the emotion Because that's what happens is we suppress the emotion, we hide it, we avoid it, we we numb it, and if we can have the courage to move past it, move through it, and find ways to deal with it when it comes up, which is why I have a sustained coaching program with my clients, is that this isn't going, I tell them this isn't going to go away, but the first time or the second time you feel it, it's going to be more powerful, and then we'll figure out what to do with it. Um, you, and then you can stop numbing, you can stop avoiding, and feel free.
0: Do you think people are addicted to money drama? Of course. What is that? <laughs> what is that? What, why? What does that give us? Why do we do that? It's a payoff. It's a payoff. And, and drama
1: stems from an irresponsible conversation, I believe, that when there's drama in our life, there's drama in relationships, we're not standing up and being fully responsible. And it's a payoff for not having to be responsible. So the drama is how people avoid ultimately dealing with it, being responsible with it.
0: And you said something interesting too about depression and anxiety being more comfortable than coming to terms Mm -hmm. with our emotions about money. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Isn't that crazy? It sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And so I hope for the people who are listening today that you're really going to get honest with yourself and reflect as Lisa is sharing these groundbreaking mindsets. It's really important. I mean, this is not your, um, I worked as a marketing manager in a wealth management company a trillion years ago. and. And I wasn't, I'll say I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't comfortable. I had a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't comfortable because I felt like, what in the hell am I doing here? But it was really interesting because I learned the difference between being rich and being wealthy. Right. And there is a huge difference. And what, what would you tell our listeners that is
1: the difference between being rich and being wealthy? Mm hmm. I believe that rich, this is just my personal opinion coming to the top of of my head, but rich has to do with the amount of money that you have in a given moment or how Mm -hmm. someone feels, how someone feels about their money Man, I'm rich. Well, someone could have, could feel and have a perception of being rich, uh, with, let's say $3,000 in their Mm -hmm. bank accounts. So it's, it's subjective. It's all about perception. Sorry, that's my dog whining. Um, <laughs> he wants <it> a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Being wealthy, a wealthy mindset is something that's sustainable over time. So, a wealthy person is someone, and, and there are industry standards for wealth, but wealth is something that's sustainable, wealth is something that's transferable. And it's something that people are mindful about passing on to other generations. And we're talking about money that doesn't go away with one bad decision. There's strategy around it. And I believe that rich for me, when I hear someone says I'm rich, it really just is like, I've got money in my, I've got cash. I've got money in my, my account.
0: I don't know. Is that your perception of it? Yeah, that's my Absolute perception of it. And we when I was at this wealth management company, um, I learned that we are not teaching our children money management in the proper way to like, we're trying to shield them from uh, the realities of balancing a budget. And we're really not spending the time that we need to, to explain the value of a dollar anymore, Mm
1: -hmm. to them
0: as well. So Um, and that's, that's where the being rich and the building wealth mentality comes in, because I think we need to start teaching that to our children at a young age. But if you're of an age now, you're not a child, you're running your own entrepreneurship. You can learn these different concepts and you can apply them to your life and you can actually change your life. In doing so and you've seen people do this haven't you I have I have and, and because this is a, a, an audience that's
1: dealing with illness and chronic illness I, I I'll share a story about a client that I have who um, <clears throat> she has cerebral palsy so at a very young age she was dropped and abused physically and it it you know affected her spine so her, her body she lives in chronic pain Hmm. And her biggest fear was that she wasn't going to be able, she's on her own. She's been on her own since she was 16. She was homeless. So she dealt with a lot of um, money conversations and independent, learning how to be independent. And she believed she was rich because she had learned how to stack cash because that made her feel safe. But that was her only perception of wealth was that she had cash. A lot of it. Uh, over, well, you know, in, in, her, in her mindset, over $100,000 stashed away. And when, we got, when I helped her understand the distinction between having money and building wealth, her mindset shifted and her behavior shifted to making different decisions because cash loses value over time you have, you, you can't hold on to cash, like the putting, you know, the depression era mentality of stacking money under your mattress, that cash is going to lose 3% value every single year that you have it, as opposed to building wealth, where you can make that money work for you, and it will be more sustainable. So I don't know if that answered your question. But um, I think that the younger we can teach children about those things, the better off they'll be that you can't just Save money. You have to do more with it than just save it. And for entrepreneurs, that's the same thing. You have to learn
0: how to reinvest it so it continues to grow for you. It, people are fearful of reinvesting, especially when they have kind of spotty income history. If they're just mm-hmm. starting out or things are up and down, you know, it's very hard to get somebody to—I don't want to say convince them, but you know—to Help them see it's a wise decision to reinvest in your business. Sure. So how, do we, well, how do we get? How do we get over that? It's not an all or nothing approach. And the one thing that I
1: love teaching about money is that you can have in one in you can have one source of income, but you can have five, six, however many uses for that money that are differentiated from one another. And so the first thing I have my clients do, even definitely the entrepreneur clients, is that you have a business account, right? So there's a a book called Profit First, which uses some of this ideology. I highly recommend it, is that when that money comes in, that you already have a strategy in play for it to go different places according to its purpose. Hmm. And so some of it goes into your fixed bank account, your fixed bills, your checking account that you pay bills out of. Some of it goes into, um, let's say, a, a savings account, savings slash investment account. Some of it moves over so that you can actually spend it in good conscience that you're not going to break the bank. So when you learn to, and this is what wealthy people do, if you look at a wealthy person, you know, let's say that they have over a couple million dollars, which I worked in a high net worth firm. I saw this all the time. Their money's all over the place. You've got 20, 30 accounts. This money's been split up for different purposes, for different investments, for different reasons. And you can't just think about your money in one account. You've got to split it up so that you take a little bit and invest it, for example. You take a little bit and you pay off debt. You're not taking all of it like a a fell sweep. Like, I've got all this money. Let me put it toward debt. You Mm -hmm. have to have clear strategies. and, And you can make it work in little bits at a time. Toward your goals, toward investing, toward paying down debt, but, but you know we have to have priorities. I
0: help clients prioritize. What do we start with? And then you feel good too because mm-hmm. you're not depriving yourself, so you don't sure. you don't feel like you're suffering for the cause. Right. Like, uh, well, this is great. I, I paid this thing off, but I'm totally broke right. for the next two weeks, and I really, you know trying to hang on until more money comes in, especially when you're an entrepreneur and then you're like, well, that means I have to find a client and that means I've got to get a proposal together. And that means I have to close the deal. And that means I have to collect the check, you know, and it's really daunting. So more than ever, I think really more than any other audience, this applies Mm -hmm. that don't deprive yourself. Yeah with your money it's in medical bills too you know every year because i have to take multiple trips in the mri machine every year it's so fun um (laughs) (laughs) i'm like is there a frequent flyer miles that you're handing out for this disneyland at the hospital it is it is (laughs) like put my mickey ears on away we go um but every year I know I'm going to have thousands of dollars in medical bills because that's just a part of the maintenance of this disease and watching and whatever. And, you know, so I'm, I've traditionally paid off chunks and then like nearly starved mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to
1: mm-hmm. get it done.
0: And so I love this because you're also giving us permission to enjoy our lives. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're not strapped down. And that's the number one thing. You know, you're not listening to a collection agency saying, well, you know, this is it. And I don't really care if you eat this week. You know what you need to do and what your responsibility is. You're giving us permission. Absolutely. You you get to choose you
1: and enjoy your life and learn how to effectively manage the debt or the collections. And so in a lot of these groups, a lot of these organizations, you can call and say, hey, I can pay you $25 a month for the rest of my life. Would that work? And they're like, yeah. Yep. That's um, awesome. Um, so being, being honest with yourself is, is great, but also giving you, you know, the two priorities right out the gate make sure that you can pay for your fixed expenses first. And then the second thing is give yourself spending money so that if you want to go to Starbucks and buy a cup of coffee, that you can do that, but Mm -hmm. do that with a strategy. So you're not doing it every day, you know, um, if, you know, depending on your own, how your financial situation is. And then from there, make some, some empowered decisions about how you want to handle the bills that you have, but pay yourself first.
0: It's reasonable control, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's not like, well, now I'm giving myself this permission and I'm going to go hog wild and then I'm going to justify it all. It's reasonable no. control. Like little, little rewards kind of doled out to you. Sure. You know? Yeah. Sure. I work well that way. I give myself the reward system when I'm working, actually. I'll be like, all right, okay. listen, you're going to work for two hours. Then you're going to have this amazing thing. Whatever it, I love that. Yeah, like you're gonna have some nachos. Whatever it, (laughs) whatever it (laughs) happens to be. Um, This has been illuminating, to say the least. And um, I'm so glad you were on. I'd like to consider you sick business money expert. That is, and have people get in touch with you. If they need to talk about their money challenges, so how can they get in touch with you? The first thing is I invite anyone listening to schedule a free call, 15,
1: 20 minutes, maybe 30 if we need to, where if you just need to talk, a lot of times that creates relief. And so I'm here. So they can schedule that by going to my website, which is lisachastain.com. Excellent. And find the contact, it's contact me tab. And schedule a call. Let's talk. I would love the opportunity to work with them, but uh, we, you know, I won't make an offer until we at least talk and figure out what's going on, and I can help them, even with just that first emotional part. Um, that that's what that's my invitation.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful that you're doing that for our community. And this is a big step that you can take today if you're listening, and and it's been a little bit uncomfortable. As we've been talking about money and as Lisa has shared some of these truths about money, that might be an indication that getting in touch with her would help to give you some relief in your life. I, I love having her on my side, man. I'm going to tell you what. Yeah. She, you <laughs> calm me down. You're like, no, it's all right. And I'm like, I'm safe with Lisa. I'm safe. She's mm. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm just so honored that you were on today and um, sharing everything that can benefit us and getting us into that safe place to talk about money. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on Hill. I'd love to come back soon. Oh, amen, sister. I've already got that planned in my head. So (laughs) we'll make it happen. All right. Money makes the entrepreneurship go round. And if We are to end our struggles with it and have a good relationship with it. We need to do the work to change our beliefs. Thanks to my guest and friend, Lisa Chastain, for sharing her wisdom today. Take advantage of her tips. Take advantage of her free consultation call. And your life, like the life of many of her clients, will change as well. Do you like what you heard? Please subscribe and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. We're a young podcast but picking up traction and we need shares and for you to spread the love so we can help even more people. If you haven't yet visited our website, sickbiz.com, come on over and check out the inspiring and moving stories written by over 20 guest bloggers, including entrepreneurs just like you and some of the most notable life and business coaches who are all chipping in to help you improve your life. If you would like to talk to a member of our team, please send an email to sickbizco at gmail.com. And we will be in touch. As always, thanks so much for listening and helping to spread our mission. Be well.